0: Hello there. Welcome to the Culture of Life podcast from Human Life International. I'm Tad Wojcik, the Mission Research Specialist, here with Father Shannon Bokeh, our President.
1: Dad, always good to be with you. Yes, of course, Father.
0: Um, today we're talking about a, uh, the question of demographic decline. And as uh, you recently quoted our Holy Father um, in, a, in your most recent column, that uh, he's talking about uh, demographic winter. Um, right. Now, we've spoken about declining population and birth rates before, Father, this is a kind of a, a major focus point for HLI, um, but why is this such an urgent concern and why is it important to bring it up again now at this juncture?
1: Well, the Holy Father, you know, Pope Francis, has really spoken on this issue, Tad, numerous times, and just kind of reminding people, you know, of, uh, of an impending and sometimes already present, uh, depending on the country, of this problem when we have a a number of children being born to a woman is below replacement level so here we're talking about italy particularly the holy father is speaking about but but he's also referencing a global look. So obviously Europe has some of the lowest numbers in the world with regard to the total fertility rate, but Italy is gradually just continuing to, to go down further and further, and the Holy Father is, is seeing this as not only you know, uh, something affecting Italy, but how will these continual lowering of the, of the number of children being born to, to a woman uh, continues to, to decline, what is that going to do on many other levels? So, for example, how does that affect the economy of, of Italy? How does that affect the, the culture of Italy? How does that then in turn affect the culture in society in Europe itself, you know, as other countries are having the same difficulties? So the Holy Father really is uh, ringing a bell that he's, he's rung before. John Paul II did the same, you know, Pope Benedict XVI, raised this issue uh even paul VI warned of it you know back uh, when he uh, promulgated Humanae vitae which we've talked about in this podcast before so i'm very grateful you know to pope francis because you know by always you know having his voice heard in this matter you know it, it becomes a global thing you know as being the holy father as he's on a larger platform than you or myself and so when he speaks uh even within the more progressive media they pick this up and of course they take it you know like when he talked about uh as he does here still that you know uh, many young couples you know are looking toward having you know quote pets you know versus having children because of fear or you know confusion about you know uh, about the world and maybe feeling a sense of hopelessness and anxiousness over the situation in the world so they don't want to bring a child into this world so he's made comments about that and of course the more progressive uh liberal media pick up on that and of course he's you know the pope's anti-pet you know and which is not what he said and and here you know we both have again both sides of the aisle picking up the conversation and, which I think is very good because it makes people talk, it makes them look at the issue, uh, look at the data you know, the the math doesn't lie. you know a recent article that I just sent to my whole staff was on India is another example. Uh, I also sent my staff another article concerning japan and and you see what's happening. Uh, throughout the world. And here in the United States, we have been below the t- total fertility rate now for over six years, which again means that we are below replacement. And so, you know, a country that continues to embrace this mentality and this practice inevitably brings problems upon itself. And, you know, in a column that I did a few months ago that we've talked about here, you know, Elon Musk, you know, brought up this from more of an economic point of view and, and of course that raised a firestorm you know about some of the comments he made but yeah, again, he has a talent for that <laughs> yeah but he was it was very very good because it, it, he's 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 pricking the conscience and of course that would not was not Ellen's intention per se but in this case situation Pope Francis is he's he's pricking the conscience but he's approaching it from as HLI does from a good that the the beauty of family life the the wonder of a child, the uniqueness of a child, you know, the irreplaceability of this child and the irrepeatability. This is a unique human being with skills and gifts and talents that, you know, if we, if we don't open our lives to that, we are, we are the lesser. So he's really raising this issue from the good, which I'm hoping that more people will receive and, and realize that, for example, Italy is at 1.27. So, very well below 2.1, which is the number, which in a sense no one has 2.1 children, but we're talking about an average here. So, which means, you know, the, uh, three children per family uh, is where we is beyond replacement. So, we've gotten beyond replacing mom and dad. So, that's kind of what the language refers to. And their quote is a third child. Well, here we're in the United States, if we're 1.6, which means having on average two children so we're in a sense but what happens if a child sadly is lost to a, a, an illness a disease what happens you know the child dies you know before an adulthood and unable quote to get married and have children of their own these numbers all affect you know the population of our country and in the mindset the holy father is also speaking about, Tad, is this false understanding uh, that has been with us now for many decades of a sense of being overpopulated. And so he's also addressing that issue as well. So it's a very good article. I hope people will go to my Spirit in Life article and and click on the link on the Vatican website and read our Holy Father's entire statement.
0: Yes, and he had some beautiful comments, Father, um, talking about these issues. Uh, I wanted to ask, um, based on that, and you mentioned the question of population control. Uh, well, you you alluded to the fact that there is this idea of overpopulation, right. which is is sort of a, promulgated by those who would advocate population control. Why is it that be, you know this is well documented? We have people like uh, Elon Musk coming out, and um, you know, very secular figures like him saying, you know, we are declining. Uh, uh, civilization, he he would say, right. um, because we have declining birth rates. Why is it that these lies of uh, the population control lies of overpopulation continue to convince people that kind of give a moral pra- uh, excuse not to have children?
1: Right. Well, well, part of it, Ted. I mean, to be honest, I, mean, I know our listeners will understand as I'm explaining. Unfortunately, you know, others on the uh, on the other side of the aisle would hear my comments, you know, and think and just dismiss them, but let's be honest, you know, as the media controls the narrative, controls the conversation, and when we hear, you know, uh, language about you know climate change, we hear, you know, the uh, the the sustainability. I mean, the United Nations itself speaks about sustainability. Uh, even our Holy Father, actually, which I'm glad he does, he uses the word and he talks about it in a very specific way, which we can talk about later. Sure. But so when, when when people are always hearing this, and it's in you know in their school systems, it's in their classrooms, it's in the the universities, it's in the, uh, not only on in the media in the sense of the news, it's in social media, it's in magazines, all they hear, it's a, it's a constant drumbeat. You know that uh you know be responsible you know don 't you know the, the planet can 't handle any more people or we can we can 't afford or the planet cannot you know provide enough sustenance to to feed the populations anymore and the reason why we have poverty today is because we 're overpopulated you, when you hear the, these these drum beats and whether or not we have proven them or disproven them, which we have numerous times over, uh, not just myself i mean an H L I, but so many others have shown. the the great lie uh, that that this is uh, based upon, that what happens is we're not in charge of the narrative. You know, you and myself are not on the nightly news. We're not on the mainline media. You know, we'd like to be there, it'd be wonderful, but we're not there. And so our voice is within a number of voices at certain levels and we reach a certain population. And, you know, having served, uh, you know, and and spoken about this at the United Nations and, and being privileged to be there, on various uh, programs and conferences to address it, uh, it's 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 a worthy cause. We we no matter where, where my voice lies to keep you know to, for us to keep beating that drum and to speak about you know this reality. So it, it makes it difficult you know especially when you're when you uh, travel around the world as I do and HLI does and you, we encounter young people, young college indivi- uh, indivi- singles, married couples, and and this comes up you know we talk about this in our conferences about you know being married couples being well to welcome life to be open to life and you often hear yeah but you know we only want one child or two children but this is what they hear i remember a young filipino uh uh, uh at young college student and she was uh, talking to me about her family. And she says, you know, I'm so privileged to have so many cousins and so many aunts and uncles. And just she was bragging about her family, which was so wonderful to hear. And she says, you know, one day, she says, please pray for me. She says, I haven't met you know, the right young man yet. I want to be married. And, you know, and I love to have two children. And I just paused for a moment and just listened. And, and then when the moment was right, I said, well, tell me, let's go back to this. Uh, you no, know, I will definitely pray for you you know, to find the right young man and to be able to have a lifetime together in love and marriage. And, and, you know, but tell me a little bit about, you know, this number that you're mentioning. I said, you've been bragging about how large your family is and having come from a large family myself, how beautiful it is. And it's challenging, but how beautiful and how wonderful and all the unique personalities. and, And I said, but now you just mentioned that you know that you, you quote a number two children. She says, "Well, that's what they keep telling us in school. That's all we should have." And and so this is just kind of beaten into their minds, and and uh, and with with very reasonings. But you know the the challenge I, I really think for us, Tad, is. You know, is to unravel that, to 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 peel back those layers that have been built up, and the and and I use the word callous, not necessarily in a negative way, uh, but just the fact that there's a very thick skin that's been built up, and 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 people just think this is the way it is, and so I'm doing my part, you know, and I by, by only having two children, or you know, in some parts of the world they're having one child, you know, and and so like in China, as we've we've talked about before, where you have people, uh, the government itself. Trying to give incentives to, for for the Chinese couples to have children, but we you need to remember in a recent memory we what they call the one child policy, which meant the government gave a voucher, uh, gave quote permission. Now, once we can talk about that at a much later time, but th- this mindset of government, which goes back to Paul the Sixth, you know, using its authority to control you know the people in this way, and then we saw where they went to where you can have two children now with a voucher, or now if you want more than two children and so forth. But we're talking about, you know, the government kind of like writing, you know, uh, a coupon. You know, here's a coupon, you can have two children, you can have one, it's not working. Because what the Chinese government did not expect was a complete cultural mindset change. That even though there may be people capable, financially, economically, socially, to have more children, to welcome more children, I don't like that word, have, you know, that welcome more children, And, and but they're not. And so, because they've gotten accustomed, not only to having a smaller family, but also the fact that of less expense, you know, because that's a reason people will say, you know, it's expensive to have a child. And of course, that's so nuanced, depends on what they mean by that. But, you know, people think on that level. And so it's not working. We've seen the same thing in other countries as well. I know Russia has also attempted that and also has failed to, to most degree. So the challenge, Ted, really is is to, undo that narrative, which means uh, we can do this as we're doing in this podcast. Uh, If given a chance to have interviews, we talk about it. But I've, what I've learned and with great About HLI is taking it one person at a time, one couple at a time. And if given at a conference, talking about it, meeting with couples afterward who have questions, you know, and, and I've met them, and I've seen beautiful things happen in those moments. And so Granted, we'd love to see a larger, you know, conversation happen and, and conversions of mind and heart to change, but it may just be that it's, as I'm experiencing, you know, one couple at a time, one individual at a time, you know, bearing the, what the church teaches us, what our faith helps us to understand, and then inviting people to, to, to be open, to, to welcome. So it really is a, it's a difficult thing, you know, that today because, as I said, just the constant beat that it's in our culture constantly beating and and how people are mocked i've had couples with larger families larger here might be three or four children you know being ridiculed you know when they're in grocery stores or you know or people making fun of them or you know as they pass by with their their strollers and numbers of children and thinking oh you're you're the reason why we have problems in our society today you know you're not being responsible so people have very strong opinions about this and so it but and with all that said ted i would just add one more thing and then i'll I'll throw it back to you is the to be honest when talking to faithful catholics you know and asking you know are these things even talked about you know like young adult programs so before they're ever thinking of being married but they're young single people you know adolescents teenagers uh high school students uh you know you know is this even being talked about, you know, on the level that they can appreciate and grow to understand? And oftentimes the answer is no. You ask, what about in Newman centers on universities where again, single young adults, you know, in one day maybe already dating, maybe seriously dating, you know, maybe moving toward married life. You know, is this something that's even talked about, preached about? Are there any uh, catechesis uh, available to them to, to really talk about the beautiful teaching of sacred scripture, the magisterial teachings, the doctrines of the church, to, to, to really just talk about this, as Pope Francis is, this beautiful gift, this wonderful, precious gift of marriage and the fruit of that beautiful union. And I would say that most people tell me no. And, and, and so it, it's, so we have kind of a dual problem we have a problem within the society itself with the narrative and those that are promoting a particular view and then we have our own situation within the body of Christ itself where we're we're not advancing that good we're not addressing that good and in helping people to appreciate the good and in also helping people to you know to be able to, how to respond to the negative agenda how to respond to the false information how to respond to people when they when they make some you know off off the cuff comment about, uh, about oh you know do you you know where children come from? huh? I mean mm-hmm. people will say that's you hear that little comment and uh, and so how to address that how to speak to it and uh, and and not be ashamed of, of of being open to human life being open to the value of life so so I, I think that's part of it so sorry to give a little long response to no, it. no no but...
0: no no that's that's very. Um... It's very important father and I think what you were mentioning about the the constant drumbeat um of the secular culture kind of really describes uh, uh you know what I was uh, kind of saying about uh, there being this sort of it's like a pseudo moral narrative that allows uh people to kind of you know because affluent people you know in our society have become more selfish we've become more selfish uh in our affluence um and so we say oh really we don't we we say we don't we can't afford children the planet can't afford children etc our resources but really it's more about we don't want to have the responsibility or the um they people would say I shouldn't say they I say you know we kind of even we might imbibe a little of this mentality of of there being, of children being a burden or something like that. Um,
1: and our uh, the Holy Father, uh, if, if I... If, if I may just, you know, for our, for our listenership, is, you know, Dr. Brian Close, you know, who's been with Human Life International for over 26 years, has written on this subject alone, I mean, numerous times. Uh, I mean, as uh, uh, he's dedicated so much of his research into the data, you know, he, his, his own degree is, you know, as a statistician and just an engineer. And so, you know, he, so he loves and has it, he does love, he loves the data and just diving into it. But for the purpose of of exposing what is the truth. And so he's followed this. And so our website, you know, has a number of documents available to people who would be interested in and in, in having a deeper understanding, not only the history, you know, of the population control mentality, which emerged, you know, really strongly, you know, in the sixties and seventies and kept moving forward. Uh, and then those who were promoting that agenda then are the same people, just different names, different, uh, uh, you know, na- groups now and uh, NGOs and so forth, still promoting the same uh, same narrative. And so if you're interested in uh, that to any of our listenership, Dr. Brian Close on hli.org, you know, just imagine, just search for it. I mean, it's, they're out there. You look type population control and and should pull up a number of articles.
0: And we can link to uh, several of those articles in the description.
1: That would be very good because I, I mean, I know I've written on this, but Dr. Brian Close has really, you know spent a lot of time on this, uh, and it would be worth it, people really looking more deeply uh, to be able to understand a history and then look at um, you know how does this affect today, even issue of eugenics plays into this. and, and very exactly. strongly, and that's kind of ignored uh, in, in the modern conversations, but it's there.
0: Uh, racially motivated, or at exactly. least uh, if, not, um, if that's not the motivation, it just happens that in practice there's a racial component because right. people in the global south who tend to be uh, of a darker skin color right. are uh, targeted by Western uh, developed countries, uh, right. organizations, and governments to... Uh, Push population control, yeah. but even
1: even the amount of money, Tad, and you know that's uh, that's being uh, advanced to promote population control, i.e., reproductive, you know, health. What they what they call it? So it's a euphemism. So, be, but the idea here is that basically, what that means is contraception, abortion, sterilization. Uh, that's what's being pushed. And so, when you look at Africa alone, you realize the billions of dollars over the last twenty five, thirty years that has been spent on that continent alone is mind 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 blowing and in the realization that, you know, as uh, our director uh, in Tanzania often reminds people in interviews, and I just saw a recent interview where he, he's playing the same drum, he's beating the same drum. You know, what Africans don't need is contraception, abortion, sterilization, you know, all these, these ideologies and mindsets. What we do need, you know, is the assistance, you know, to help human flourishing, i.e. here, education, uh, healthcare, uh, you know, good infrastructures, you know, highways, bridges, you know, school systems, uh, you know, all the various things that we here in the United States take for granted, you know, the idea of having access to clean water, you know, coming from one's tap, you know, that's something that many Africans, a good majority, do not have access to. You know, the idea of good uh, sanitation here in the United States, most of us would, would, would be um, hor- horrified. To see how our brothers and sisters in the developing world you know are forced to live because they don't have the ability uh because of the technology or the the the, the infrastructure necessary to handle you know various hygiene issues like sewage and so you, so w- these are things that you know that that our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world need help with and and once those are, are provided then the other things follow and and so uh so tad your your assessment, which is not yours alone, many of us share the same evaluation and and uh summary is that when Dr. Brian Close again referring to him, uh, we had a presentation we gave uh recently uh where we spoke about on from just from an economic you know which country uh, re- uh requires the most use of steel you know copper you know the the precious metals in a sense of for 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 an industry and and you look at, okay, and where do these come from? So it's not a conspiracy but when you realize that many of the developed nations are where many of these resources are found. And so we go back to the uh, National Security Memorandum 200 under the Kissinger time, uh, which really became the United States you know, policy for how to deal with these great needs uh, of the United States uh, and where do we find those resources, and how do we obtain those resources, and what means by which we shall uh, employ to to reach our goal? And th- that document has n- never been rejected. It is still very much part of the mindset of uh, state policy of the United States. Very sad, very dangerous, and uh, and so these are things that are still with us. And and so when you realize that, as, and you. Great, perfectly said it, Tad, is that I want to, it's not a question that I should uh, not want to live better. No. I mean, we want to improve our, our daily lives. We want to have, you know, a, a comfortable life in the sense of clean water, good sanitation, you know, hospital, health care. This is something the, the, these are basic needs and, and that we should have. But we would, we would want the same thing for our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world, and, uh, and that's something that we should be talking about, how to help be- uh, our brothers and sisters have a better basic life and then grow to have other things that are not necessarily needed but could be obtained and of themselves are not bad. You know, for example, do I need to have cable TV? No, I, I can live without cable TV, but I can't live without clean water. I can't live without food. I can't live without, you know, good health care. You know, if I don't have these basic things, then my life is, is shortened. And we've, we we know this, again, numbers don't lie. You know, so person who doesn't have access to clean water, lifespan is much less. Poor health care, a longer short lifespan. So these are things that, you know, that I, I should not, you know, begrudge anyone in any other part of the world wanting access to. And so nor should I be so self-centered uh, to be so consumed that I should have what I have and keep you at a lower level so I can live the way I want to live. That's a very as you said, that not only is that selfish, it's sinful, and it's exploitive. I mean we're exploiting other human beings. So that's why this narrative tad that we started with is is much larger. It's 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 a it's a bigger conversation uh, of how we address these are these issues and so uh so i'm glad that you're raising them up and i'm hoping you know that our, our listeners uh will uh, take advantage of going to hli's website uh, and looking up these things and and looking at the links i mean uh, not only dr brian but a lot of our staff and myself included have written on these subjects many times over the uh the years especially over the decades like adolfo castaneda you know who works out with our hispanic outreach and has written on this also uh in trying to help our Hispanic brothers and sisters understand these uh, these issues uh and obviously Dr. Brian Close and so um uh it, it's 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 a subject worth us coming back to on many occasions to to bring up just to to keep people uh you know like the Holy Father does you know ringing that bell and it's and you're right it's important to come back
0: to this because it's a it's a big it's sort of the big picture um as far as HLI's overall mission goes um, because the means of population control are contraception and abortion and other anti-life activities. Um, I, you mentioned that the Holy Father is ringing the bell. I just wanted to read a, a quote here, um, Please. because you had some comments about uh, what he said and uh, what you might add to it as well, Father, in your article. So you quote him as saying, where is our treasure, the treasure of our society, in the children or in the finances? What attracts us, family or income? There must be the courage to choose what comes first, because that is where the heart is bound. The courage to choose life is creative, because it does not accumulate or multiply what already exists, but opens up to novelty, to surprises. Every human life is a true novelty, which knows no before and after in history. We have all received this unrepeatable gift and the talents we have to serve, to pass on, from generation to generation— uh, the first gift of God, the gift of life. I'm sorry, I, I think I misread. The talents we have served to pass on from generation to generation, the first gift of God, the gift of life. Right. And so there's these obviously beautiful words from the Holy Father kind of encouraging us to life. And I think it gets at something uh, in his talk, um, probably because of the context in which he was in. He was mm-hmm. referring mostly to the, some of the things that we've been talking about here, which right. is the question of um, these false policy narratives as far as climate and... Um, overpopulation and and economic resources, et cetera. And he was talking about how we need to have uh, policies and politicians open to uh, life um, and promoting, encouraging, and incentivizing Mm -hmm. having children. Um, And I think there's more that can be said, not that uh, our Holy Father would disagree, because I think he was kind of alluding to it uh, in this this little snippet here, um, and you kind of expanded on that, Father. That there's more of a spiritual element to a, a, a cultural crisis where we we don't we have all these reasons we come up with, but really, um, as I think I mentioned before, we a lot of people just don't want children because of, of a self-centeredness in the first place.
1: Yeah, I think you know it's, it's you know I was thinking just you know over the last few days, especially after you know composing the article and you know and and uh, and, and, and uh, issuing it out there, you know that. I was thinking of uh, some of the people in my own life you know in my and in how my vocation was nourished who are no longer with us in this world and i think about you know how how blessed i was you know their contribution you know uh to what i needed in those various states of, of time and the moments of that journey and what they contributed and that would my life be where it is if they had not been and it, I, of course, I can't answer it completely because it's a lot of unknowns. you know different other people could have stepped in yes, you know maybe the situation would have taken a different turn maybe i don't, I don't know, but there was something truly beautiful about each one of these individuals that the Holy Father is talking about that you know they're a treasure unto themselves, they are a, a precious gift, not a commodity, not someone to use or misuse or exploit, but a precious gift given to us in that moment of time. In, in, which is really just that—it's a moment. It's it's a very brief span human life, but each life is so precious, so unique, and so has so much to bring to the conversation. And to think—I think I was thinking of these individuals, thinking how empty my life would have been, you know, how different my life would would be, have been. And I think today the people in my life now. You know whether it be uh, coworkers or colleagues in this great work, or the priest I've come to know over the years, the bishops, the religious. I mean, my, my own family. I'm thinking, you know, you know. To, as we speak, I have one of my uh, 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 the generation before my my current aunts and uncles. So my great aunts and great uh, uncles, almost almost all of them gone, but one, and she's on her last uh, journey. And, you know, so I had a privilege today of, of chatting with her via text, of course, which is funny with her kids because uh, uh, I, I wasn't able to call her yet, but I will do soon. But, but just the, the idea that, you know, to how blessed my life is because of, of her uh, inter- intervention in my life, her presence, you know, and her support, her prayers, her encouragement. And I, I think we all can say that. And and to and that's what the Holy Father is also you know not alluding to. He's being very specific here and saying so when a, when a couple closes themselves off you know to to the gift of tra- the transmission of human life, it's not just closing themselves off to not welcoming a child, but to all that child brings, to all the wonder and even the challenges that stretch us. And as Pope Benedict would say, to to stretch our hearts to learn how to love even more we're afraid. Sometimes it's fear. It's that an economic challenge might be, would I need to stretch my life? You know, the difficulty of a possible child being born with special need that many people are concerned about and frightened of would be what I might need just to stretch, to teach me how to love and how to be more patient and kind. There's so many things that each individual can bring to this wonderful moment. To, to our life. And it's generational. He even uses the word generational sustainability, our sustainability generations, you know. So, but the idea is to think on that level and, and not to be closed to the possibilities. A child is a sign of hope. You know, I sent an article to the staff, my staff to, um, to read about what's going on in Israel and the article uh, which is a well-written article is addressing this issue uh you know kind of what you're talking kind of what you're speaking about from the spiritual side but i looked at it on both sides and the idea that you know the author of the article is speaking about how in israel particular how the number of children born to a woman is much higher than the other po- the general population around the israelis and and so in how you hear in the courtyards and the squares and the, the playing of children, the sound of children, the, the voices of children. The other day I went offer. Mass at a at a local school, and I uh, had the privilege of being with the young ones that day. It, it's it's just so uplifting to hear their their laughter and to have their questions and their curiosity, and you know as they they gaze into the box I brought with all the mask kits and all the materials and all the questions, and you know it's 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 such a beautiful presence of 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 wonder and awe, and to think about what are these children going to bring, what are they going to offer. And you know what, what? What gifts will they they come down, uh, come with later as they mature into life? And this is what we shouldn't be afraid of. And and as because the other side of that equation is a sense of hopelessness. Fear is about you know not it's a sense of despair, of anxiousness. And let's not be let not. I mean any. I'm not married. So but I we all come from a family life. We all have experience of families and sometimes families struggle. Many do good majority struggle every day to make sure that there's food on the table, clothing on on the backs of each of the children, a a, a home that's safe and secure, and and to make sure that the basic needs are there. It, It is, but that is what stretches us you know, to get up every day with a purpose, we, you know, to, to, to welcome the day, to be able to give myself for the good of another human being, or in this case, if married, for the good of my family, to, to and to support them and to love them and to nurture them and, and to see in them the future, to see the potentiality that's there and, uh, and to know to be a part of that. And that's what welcoming means, to be open, to be a part of something good. And the Holy Father is just saying, put aside your fear, you know, put aside all this. And, you know, and as I say in the, in the article, in respect to the Holy Father, because I agree, he, he's alluding to, the, the, it's more than just state policies and laws. It's really about a mindset. It's about an understanding. It's spiritual. And, and so the article about Israel, of course, looks at it from a Judeo understanding of, of, of faith and, and practice of their faith. And so, but the author makes it very clear. It's because of faith. It's because of the scripture when the Lord says be, be fruitful, multiply, you know, that, that God provides, that God will see me through, that God will give me what I need, you know, to take care of self and others. But I have to trust. I also have to put my effort in. In other words, I can't just sit back in my lazy boy chair and just money's going to fall into my lap. You know, that's not what it, it references. It, but the Lord will give me the means if I'm willing to put my effort and my time and my sacrifice and use my skills those the ability will be there you know and and it's such a uh, we we're missing a moment and it also says something And mother Teresa of Calcutta you know talked about this so often you know in a sense of selfishness what does it say when when we're closed to human life when we're just we shut ourselves off to the possibilities because of fear are because of selfish reasons you you mentioned some because you know i want to be more comfortable i want to be able to to travel more we you know you read surveys and you ask people why you know they're they're close to having children and many times it's because you know they it's uh uh, they want to travel they want to you know have a better education they want to be able to to have nicer things and you and and you think as i read these i'm thinking to myself but you know all that's going to fade you know the, the car is going to go away. It's going to get rusty. It's going to break down. You know, the house is going to, the gutters are going to fall off. You're going to need to paint it. All these things, all these things are material. And, but this beautiful human being that one's wife and one's husband through the gift of each other to each other and the donating of each other, I mean, itself to the other and the welcome of a child, this is, is, a, is a life that's eternal. This is, this beautiful soul is an eternal soul made for life and life with God to not to know eternal life, and we've lost that understanding of being able to to bring a soul into this world to to be as a parent, a co-creator, to 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 be a part of something bigger than oneself. That is something beautiful, and the Holy Father, you know, when you read the entire text, the I mean, of his of his comments it's set inside of that he's so yes I want to see uh, like we've talked about before here in in reference you know to uh, go back to Texas we've talked about it many times but I think it's a great example that you know with Texas with its heartbeat law also allocating funding you know uh, over a hundred million dollars you know which I wish would be doubled, but to help you know families especially our 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 sisters who may be in a difficult moment but but to be there to, to be supportive well, this is how we should approach family life. I mean, let's be honest, Tad, here in the United States, as in other parts of the world, high inflation makes the cost of living for families very, very difficult, not only just for our, uh, on, on people on, uh, on a, uh, basically, a, I'm thinking about the income of, uh, just the kind of standardized income that they have every every month, you know, a limited resource, uh, but we're also talking about the cost of milk, bread, cereal, just basics you know uh, the fuel to even get to the store these things do not help families they they actually hurt families and it and it raises fear within people uh, which is a legitimate concern how do i feed my child but government's role is to be there to assist you know to provide a means to provide an infrastructure to provide you know a path where we can be self-sufficient, where we can help each other and we can grow as communities and we can grow as a society and li- and have our families thrive and, and to see the, the negligence uh, of, of many governments in this regard, um, not to find a path, and that's what the Holy Father is also saying. You know that you know when you see this the, the corruption in our governments, when you see uh, misguided uh, decisions in governments and laws that counteract or contradict you know these values, this is not helpful at all. So he's calling out, you know, saying you know we need to help our families. We and this is not the first time we've had uh, a Vicar of Christ raise this 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 call you know john paul ii benedict the 16th paul the six before john the 23rd i mean i can go through a litany of those of, of, of my memory you know just calling out you know the uh, to to protect the values and and, and for us as a, as a as a as the catholic church teaches the family is the single cell upon which our society is built we're undermining society by undermining the family you know by not supporting the family we are actually causing harm to ourselves as a society so we all have something to lose here but we have something to gain as well and we just need to change those values i began my column uh by talking about uh the the image of an italian family and uh, that many people would have you know in in the sense of this large gathering very uh you know energetic you know surrounded with uh you know grandparents and food and just the excitement but in a way that's just an image that's been lost today i've been to italy many times you know hli has an office in 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 rome you know and works you know near the vatican and so i mean i walk the streets of rome you know, it's hard pressed to find children. You know, it's very difficult to hear the sound of a child playing, you know, in the neighborhoods. You get out into the rural communities. Yeah, that's different. But, uh, but in the main city and so forth as a whole, no, no. And... And you're thinking, you know, uh, imagine what it w- would have been like just uh, 50, 60 years ago, you know, and open the windows and children playing, you know, in the streets and the, and the laughter and the joy, you know, you, you have to go into certain squares to see a gathering of people to kind of see the children, uh, but you have to go look for them. You know, but uh, it's it's sad. You know, and I think that you know on a, sa- a similar note. You know, when people think of religious sisters, you know, they, they have a certain image because you know even the even the uh, the movie uh, industry still pictures a sister. You know, if, if they happen to have a religious sister in a movie, she's dressed in a full habit. You know, wearing a veil. You know, there's an image that people have. You know, of uh, that, uh, and the same thing with the family. But many of this is now storybook. We need to change that. Because it, it's not meant to be a storybook. It's not meant to be a fable. You know, uh, you know, it's really meant to be a true life story, and 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 it's meant to be something like I began the column with something beautiful, something precious. You know, uh, my memory, your memory. I hope, Tad. You know, be coming up in a large family was wonderful great memories and yeah we had our challenges we had our difficulties What family doesn't and, and trying to live as a family and work as a family all those unique personalities under one roof that's not always easy but that's part of growth that's part of stretching you know it's part of the realization that I belong to something bigger than myself and that I'm just I'm not just one I am one among many others and so when our society turns in on itself and it becomes selfish that now Transmits into the how we all deal with each other, and that's part of our problem today, you know. But when a family, you know, in having met families like this, you watch how those children interact with other children, how they interact with society, the values they bring. So I think it's a great moment, Tad, you know, that the Holy Father has given us again, to to bring this to the forefront, to to mention it. And I would say, you know, Tad, on the spiritual side of all of this, is that we we have to know. That the the great enemy here is the evil one himself, a creature that has rejected God, is opposed to all that God has uh, desires, and uh, and this this creature works tirelessly, daily, you know, to undermine the good that God wishes for, for all of us, and this great good begins by assaulting not only cannot do anything to God, cannot assault God because God is God, the evil one is a creature, limited but he can assault God's creation. And the great pinnacle of that creation is the human person and in this regard, marriage, assault marriage. And and by assaulting marriage, that, that single cell, as we talked about, that unit that God has created and the sanctity of the family, the, John Paul and others would call the sanctuary you know, of the family to assault it directly. And that's what the evil one has done for, for centuries. And more aggressively today, as Sister Lucia said, you know, the final battle, you know, is the family. So this is where the battle line is. So I love the fact that Pope Francis is is out there kind of with that bell, you know, just saying, hey, this is the battle here. This is where we are, but we don't need to be here. We can change this. And as I mentioned in the article, Tad, Hungary, for example, you know, is a country that changed its constitution and changed its direction. Still much room to grow, many things that need to still occur, but by doing so, it reoriented the mind, the mindset, the approach, the view, where it's now shifted from being one of the lowest total fertility rates to now being on a different path. It's still far from where it needs to be, but it's going up, not down. Whereas Italy is not going up, it's going down. In other places, Japan, for example, is well below, you know, and some numbers have seen it at 1.1, 1. 1, even below one. So we have a country that is literally dying in front of us. And so, and that's what the Holy Father is, is raising. We can change this. This can be done if we are willing to invest. And I use that word invest on a couple of levels, sociological, right? Political, and obviously, you know, culturally, all of this in, in, within within each of these realms, we need to change the conversation, and that's what Pope Francis is doing here. And uh, obviously, uh, those with us, Tad, are uh, happy for it. Uh, those on the other side of the aisle are, are just trying to uh, to to kind of uh, ignore a quote the Pope just oh he's old he's set in his ways you know he's just repeating a message that's been said for centuries it's passe I mean I've read so many columns now that you know that when he speaks on this level they 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 try to make fun of him and uh but then when he speaks on something which we believe as well as a church which he's advancing that maybe kind of resonates with them a little bit all of a sudden, he's re- he's elevated back onto the pedestal. But, but you know, the idea is that we, we should not be uh, surprised by the Holy Father, you know, being mocked when he raises these kinds of issues. At the same time, you know, we want him to continue to be the shepherd that he is here. You know, the vicar of Christ is speaking, and he's speaking to the world. He's speaking, obviously, to a particular group of people here, but he doesn't speak to just one. He always speaks to the we. He speaks to all of us. And, and I'm, I'm very happy that the Holy Father has done so. And uh, I, I just would love to see us as a, as, a, as a church, to talk about this more, to be proud of, of our, what we hold to be true, and to really talk about what it means to you know, to promote these values, to be fruitful. What does that mean to be fruitful? We need to talk to young couples, you know earlier. Than than waiting for them to come to us to say we like to be married we should be talking about this long before there's so many things Ted that we need to do to to make the reality of what the Holy Father is saying you know truly become a reality.
0: That's right, Father, and um, uh, thank you for that all that and and I think maybe just as as a little closeout here you were talking about we need to talk to promote this message and do a lot more what's one thing maybe that we can talk uh, to our viewers about how they can promote this message in their own lives uh, and families maybe among uh, their you know the younger generation that's uh, preparing to get married sure parents? well
1: again you know it depends on what the experience is of each individual what I, what I would say here is you know as, when I was in parish ministry one of the things that you know by visiting homes visiting families and you know being in their homes supporting them and this is where you have these kinds of conversations you know where you might you might be in a mixed group of different family members and you know and you know uh, some of the uh, family members you know uh, may already have a family started and growing and and uh, welcoming you know their family to grow and then you might have a segment of that family that you know maybe is a little hesitant but that's where conversations begin that's where the opportunities start and and not to never put anyone down that's that, that never promotes a good you know to belittle someone you know uh, even when trying to Create a good, we should never do that. Uh, we should always seek the good, want the good, find a way to promote that good and to and to call people to the good. Some people think they're just not capable. Some people think that you know this is too difficult, but they don't see their potential, but we have to see it. And we have to encourage them. We have to support them. And we have to be able to be there with them. You know, this is the thing, you know, that uh, uh, that I was raised in, which is very different today. And I don't think it has to be something seen, you know, from a nostalgia or from something that's passé. It, it, it can still be here. I mean, we're, we're, because we're such a global community, we're on the move so much, many of our young people, don't stay in the same neighborhoods anymore in the same communities they're moving around and they're they're raising families in different parts of the world now or in different parts of the states and they don't live nearby so the connections to each other but uh, that i think there is something to that because you know being fortunate to be raised in a family where a family lived near each other there was a real support system there and the church was part of that ted and and i i i don't know how today to, to it's not going to be the snap of a finger that's going to bring that back, and we are the market the way it is, the way the world is is not just going to to change overnight. but what I would say would change is the value What's an, as, as you quoted that quote, "What treasure do I uphold? you know? I might be able in, and I'm speaking very generally here. This is, a, this is a large brush I'm painting with, but let's just say that if I were if I were called to married life and you know and and and, and married and I had, let's say that I moved you know away from my 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 parents for a, for a good job and that's where I was working, which is a good thing, nothing wrong with that, but let's just say that you know that I, I come to a point where it's a time of transition. You know, I'm offered another opportunity to to do better, which again is a good thing, but but it also takes me further away from my parents that I don't I don't see as much now. That's a question I have to be able to answer. What what value is there? And it shouldn't be in competition. I don't want to paint it that way. But what I want to say is this kind of conversation, Ted, is what the Holy Father is also talking about. What 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 what's the treasure here? Uh, you know, yes, I can maybe do a little more, make a little more money, maybe have a better way. Of, and that's a good nothing bad in and of itself. But what is it going to cost? what's going to be what am what am i going to sacrifice to do that and and a holy father is of course referencing more young couples but i would draw that out further and the value of the people in my life really are the treasure and, and if that requires me to make a little sacrifice here in order to be a little closer to my family a little closer to my that unit that that support system then that's important to me and i've seen people make those decisions and they're hard decisions but i've seen people do it and and really be grateful that they did that and so that would be we shouldn't be afraid of having that conversation and again that's a large paintbrush right I'm paint. I'm speaking very generally but in every individual part of me every couple has to be able to answer that question and that to me is, is no different from a husband and wife asking each other you know not a number but the idea of welcoming life, you know, and I think that we don't have that conversation. You know, um, my, uh, my, one of my grandmothers used to say, before you marry, even start dating seriously, you ought to ask, are you open to children? And And, and the person says, oh, you know, not sure. Then you should not date that person. That person doesn't know their future. You know, you have to know what you want. You know, and if this is a value to you, and then that's what you go in search of. You know, and don't don't settle. It's a great thing she taught. Of course, I didn't have to make that answer uh, answer that question. The Lord had a different call for me, but it's such a beautiful thing. And I, Ted, I just think we 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 just need to have these kinds of conversations. And and, and again, and I would close with this, but one thing I, I try and i'm very much mindful of is never go to the path of making people feel guilty uh, i mean we all need to have a little conscience pricked but you know making fun of people or you know uh, is not the way to do this what i mean by that is you know oh you have four children oh, you have two and we treat these people differently than we do these uh, to me we got to be very very much aware of how we, we interact and encourage people you know, to, to welcome life, to be open to life and, and, and to respect their difficult situations as they're making decisions. and But to be there to help them, to, to, to be able to, there to help answer questions or to, to be supportive of, of them. And, you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll close with this. As a young family, I know that um, that uh, is welcomed, uh, you know, right now I think five, five children it can be number six right now. and um, But they, um, two of their children are uh, with special need and i I always admire their generosity and the two children with special need are a little a little older so and yet now they have other children and i can imagine the difficulty you know when when the first child uh you know with special need was born and what was going to be demanded of them and then but they still opened themselves to, to life and 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 the challenges that would come by having a larger family, even with a child that was going to be very demanding of their time and, and a lot of resource, and and but they said yes, and you know then another child was was born into their in their family, beautiful child, all child, beautiful children, and then another child came along a little later with with special need, but they again they just opened themselves. Now that's not necessarily for everyone. That's again a decision that has to be made within. Uh, with husband and wife to to talk about this but these are the kinds of examples but for me what's important is for the church to be there for neighbors to be there for friends to be there you know family members to be there you know when we have that value that we're in this together we walk this journey together and that's that's the joy i had being raised And, and and so aunts uncles cousins everyone played a part so I just say that I know it doesn't really answer your question directly, but uh, I, 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 for me it's about talking about it and, and really bringing it out to the to the forefront. And but at the same time, not ma- making someone you know uh, not making fun of anyone where they are. And as we've talked about before, we need to be very careful how we discuss these things. So being sensitive, being respectful, but also being being courageous in talking about something like this.
0: Mm. And that's really important, Father, because it is ultimately about courage. Like the Holy Father was saying, the courage to um, uh, face the a surprise, a new, uh, right. as as he was saying, the a new um, a new person, a new right. uh, person in the image and right. likeness of God.
1: Right. And I would just say this, and uh, I'll toss it back: is you know, my my dad's parents, uh, my 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 dad is one of seventeen children. all right, So. Uh, the, to know and, and to look back and to realize how difficult that that was for my grandparents you know to who had uh, you know to to welcome children and that large number of children and they were not alone there were many other couples just like them with large families um, and uh, the sacrifices they made to to have those children to have to welcome those children i'm trying to correct my own self i you know in speaking about this beautiful gift and um and i i truly have great great respect for them you know to and to for me to be the benefactor you know of all those cousins and the beautiful family you know because of their generosity and and it's not again it's not the number the idea is that you know but to be open and they didn't have, you know, their, I remember they didn't have any uh, central air until, uh, matter of fact, my grandmother never experienced that in the house. She died before uh, that ever happened. So fans, you know, in, in South Louisiana, that's hard for most people to imagine, but that was the reality. What was important was a, a roof, good food, clothing, shelter, and love. You know, other things you can make do, you can, you, can, you can deal with. But that's what you talked about earlier. It's what's my treasure what's the value and so it's these are the things that you know that uh we can talk about and uh, and uh, and 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 they can be lived today they are being lived actually They i mean they're lived every day
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's important father and this is a real um families do every day have have that kind of courage and the uh, grace to live that through and ultimately it's it's down to um god's grace as with all things so but I think with that we can close, Father. Um, thank you so much for for highlighting this issue again, Father, and bringing it up. Um, I think it's important for our viewers to think about uh, as we, you know, as we try to inculcate these values in the next generation. I guess it's my generation. That's right. So um, the baton is being passed. Yes. Yes. Um, well, with that said, um, thank you so much, Father, and You're thank you. Uh, yes, <laughs> thank you all for watching and listening, um, tuning in. Please uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, follow us on Amazon, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and all of our other platforms. Please um, spread the word, share with your friends and family, and uh, keep on living the culture of life. God bless.